Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Aaron Weed helps leaders get clear about who they are, what they stand for, and how to express it. Her unique approach to unearthing your purpose and finding words to express it is called the dig. This method has inspired hundreds of TED Talks, personal brands, manifestos, thought leadership platforms, virtual presentations, and other purpose-driven communications. Aaron's clients include Google, the NFL, Facebook, University of Colorado, Cable Labs, and hundreds of entrepreneurs, artists, activists, academics, and executives executives from around the globe. Erin spoke at TEDx Boulder about the difference between transparency and authenticity. She frequently delivers virtual keynotes at organizations worldwide to help leaders connect and share their truth in a short amount of time. In her free time, Erin is a mom of two, spiritual seeker, avid roller skater, and visual artist. She just had her very first art show which we will be talking about. She creates experiential art using people's life stories written on sticky notes. And as if this wasn't enough, Erin is my biggest mentor, vision holder, and influence in business and in life. I am so obsessed with you and count my lucky stars every single day. You have changed our business and our life and my world, you know, will never be the same. And I think everybody that meets you feels that way. So welcome back to the well, show. best intro ever. Thank you, Krista. So happy to be here. I cannot believe it's been so long. Um, Aaron was one of my very first interviews and now this is going to be episode like 110 or something. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's been a ride and we've been together this whole time on the ride. So Aaron and I have been closely connected since the last time we spoke and it's been really transformational working with you. And I want to get a little bit more into that later, but I would love to just drop in and talk about what's going on with you in your world and hear about your art show and just say massive congrats. Mm -hmm. Um, seeing this come to life for you has been really, really inspiring. Um, seeing you like really step into that role of artist and crush it per use. So (laughs) talk to me about what's going on. What was this art show? How did it go? All of the tea. Yeah. So, um, for, for any new friends, um, who are coming into my orbit, I am the creator of the dig method, which is basically a process where I interview someone for their life story and out of their life story, I pull out their operating system, which is a series of truth words that repeat over and over again. And then we distill the whole operating system down to one word as, um, kind of like the team captain of your, of your life 
path. And then we use that word and that operating system to align it with your life personally, with your career, and then also your message. So um, I've been doing this for about nine years. And so the whole art thing came about because when people tell me their life story, I write down their whole life story on the sticky notes, either virtual or real paper. Sticky I have notes. mine right here. Oh, that warms my heart. Yeah. They are so sacred to me. They're I file so them all alphabetically in sandwich bags <laughs> and I have never in almost a decade thrown away a single sticky note because they mean so much to me that people trusted me to share that story. And so, um, a few years ago I was on vacation in, in Hawaii and I had this, um, this idea. I was like, what if I took all these sticky notes and I made these like big ass murals and like told people's life stories, but spelled out their dig word with the life story so that like across the room, you see the word love, but then you get up close and then you just, you see their message. You see what they stand for you see what they've been through. And, and so it was very conceptual for about three years as I thrashed with, uh, imposter syndrome and creative paralysis and all, all that stuff. And then, um, I don't know, a bunch of things came together where this fall, it was like, I had some clients who owned a gallery and they were interested in giving me a show and I freaked out. Like I agreed to it. Then I freaked out. <laughs> then I went back to agreeing to it. Then I freaked out again. And then ultimately like maybe two weeks before the show, I fully committed, cleared everything and made these massive art projects that were so labor of love. So incredible. The energy that I feel looking at the pieces, like seeing the word, but then, you know, so the way I just want to reiterate her process because I've done the dig obviously, and my word is Dharma. And we talk a lot about this on our first episode, but this obviously learning my operating system through Aaron's lens and through her method and getting this word obviously changed my life. My talk is called marketing your Dharma. And it's obviously been like this whole purpose for me of like where business meets spirituality and meets purpose. And that's really where I play and helping people market their Dharma. And so really powerful, but what happens is Aaron starts asking you a series of questions that don't feel related, but you just start answering and gets you thinking about your life and your upbringing and your origin story in a very unique way. And she's writing down the whole time on sticky notes, writing, 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 writing. And you're like, okay, this is crazy. What's happening. And they're going on a window or a wall. And it's like watching the artist at work. And then all of a sudden you have like these sticky notes that are your life um, in front of you. And then she starts moving them around <laughs> like this wizard. And then they all of a sudden are in this like design shape geometric thing that is your operating system. And so mine included words like intuition and connection and relationship and all of these words that are a part of the way that I connect with somebody. And this is beyond business. This is like your operating system for like how you show up in the world. And she's able to distill this so quickly. It's actually a little terrifying how deeply Aaron sees people. Um, so be ready to be seen and then she'll pull out your word. So these 
pieces not only have like, imagine it was mine, like the word Dharma in huge letters, but my operating system are on all the sticky notes that are making this word. And then for example, many of her clients are big speakers or celebs or have been in the news, like using their word. And so behind the word behind the operating behind the sticky notes are like newspaper clippings and success stories. So the energy, like I have chills just sharing it because the energy of that art is like their word, their operating system, and then their life and action is like so powerful. And she's like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to do an art show with this. And it went so well. And it's like, for you to step out in that way, I know was facing a lot of resistance and just really owning like who you are and how you're evolving and how this, you know, seemingly maybe, I don't know, process that is very unartistic or, or can seem very like, I don't know, um, corporate even, or like, oh, you know, do this, do this process becomes this like life-changing like work of art. Mm -hmm. So what was the process like of actually stepping into, okay, I do this dig for people. I see people, but now I want to like turn this into art and actually share it with people. Because I think a lot of us struggle with that imposter syndrome, specifically around calling ourselves artists or writers. Um, it was really a long time thanks to you owning my speaker identity. Mm -hmm. So stepping into this new identity and sharing about it, I would love to hear how that journey was for you. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to share that I've been, I've been spending a good amount of time lately thinking through the limitations of these titles. Um, when it comes to purpose, it's like, okay, if you're this, then you can't be that right. If I'm, if I make my living as a writer, now I can't be a speaker or if, or if you do now you have to like completely blow your whole world open. So I'm lately in, even in my own business, I'm starting to think about it a, a lot more from the perspective of people who are purpose-driven and have something to say, and maybe they write a book, maybe they make a piece of art, maybe they write a song. You know, maybe they give a talk, maybe they start a business, you know, and these are, I see them all as expressions, which is a huge part of my operating system. My dig word is authentic for anybody who's curious. Surprise, so, surprise why she's my biggest inspiration. <laughs> authentic audience. <baby. laughs> um, and, and just to, to share, it's not so much a descriptor word, you know, uh, the, the dig word is about the, the life path that you're here to learn and teach about. It's like a mantra. It kind of is. And it's like, it's the lens through which you see the world. And therefore it makes a lot of sense that I work with a lot of people who speak and people who write, because you're just teaching about what you've learned, you know, and all the stories that happen to us in our life are just teaching us so that we can be better teachers. So anyway, um, I forget the question now. Just the process, like, I think that's really important. Like you and I talk about getting boxed in with our identities all the time. This is like such a common theme for us. And I I would love to unpack that more. And I'm so glad that you said that. But my question was, 
around that process of stepping into or being seen as maybe like an artist, right? Having this like sort of new offering or new way of expressing the work that you've already been doing for so long. And I think that's what it is, is it comes back to how we express and this was just a new way to express Mm -hmm. this message, this work, this creativity or this, you know, flow. Cause it's really you in flow. You know, when you are digging someone, when I'm on a custom strategy session with someone, even right now, when we are communicating, Aaron's Libra, I'm a Gemini. We communicate very easily with one another Mm -hmm. and with people in our lives. And when we are communicating, especially using our gifts, it's Mm -hmm. just this, flow. And I think that we forget that that flow can be expressed in different ways. And so to be able to do that through the art has been incredibly inspiring to me, especially since I've been wanting to do these cards, you know, this deck, and it feels a little bit outside of my comfort zone. And so reaching these limitations, that we have within ourselves, and then pushing past them. And I feel that's what you really did with this show is like, okay, your, the purpose or the Dharma or like the message of the project was so strong that you almost had like no choice. Yeah. And I, I will also say, um, at some point I had to not think of myself as an artist and, and I saw the art as a way to communicate these people's stories in a whole different way that might get people who wouldn't normally engage with it. And to be very transparent, I, I think the the essence of this whole art project was rooted in grief mm-hmm. because the first piece that I made was for one of my clients named Austin Eubanks. And um, he was a survivor, injured survivor of the Columbine shooting. And he obviously was traumatized. And um, after that happened, he struggled with addictions of all kinds for about a decade. And then he got clean. He got sober. He found recovery. He actually ran a recovery and treatment center here in Colorado. And um, I was working with him on some pretty high level projects at, um, at the end, but in 2019, he overdosed on heroin. And this was just a few weeks after um, Evo So Live, a event that I produce that you spoke at, Krista. And um, And it was just very, very jarring because Austin's dig word was help. Mm -hmm. And he helped millions of people with his message, like with his life. He was so transparent about his story. He was like a great communicator. He was handsome. He had been through something epic, but he was also like so good. Mm -hmm. And he was actually somebody who could have moved things forward for trauma survivors, for, for gun regulations, for, you know, so many issues. And, um, when he died, especially in the way he died, I realized that for all the millions of people he had helped at the end of the day, he couldn't ask for help himself, Mm -hmm. you know? And this is, this is why I think the dig word is so important to know because it is your superpower and it is your shadow Mm. all in the same moment. And Austin he taught me, he taught me how to help people without needing to fix them. And strangely enough, uh, around the time that I worked with him on his TEDx talk, which um, maybe we can link to in the show notes, because absolutely, it's, frankly, one of the best TEDx talks I, I think I've ever been a part of, but um, 
he taught me how to help my own brother who has been dealing with addiction and all sorts of challenging things around mental illness. And with those two things, it's like before long, you don't know what's causing what anymore. And, um, and my brother's name is Brian. And so Austin taught me how to be a sister to Brian, you know, and it was crazy because a year after Austin died, my brother died. And that was in 2020. So I'm still pretty fresh on that. And um, while I never did the dig on Brian, um, there was this crazy situation that happened right after he died that helped me get to his dig word. Because when my parents were cleaning out his apartment, there were hundreds of beer cans, like, like stopped counting after a long time, you know, and they were the tall ones. And so clearly this was a person on a mission. You know, Mm -hmm. we could make all the assumptions we want, but I feel like he wasn't someone who wanted to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. And right next to all these beer cans were a whole countertop full of protein shakes, energizing, you know, health boosting products, powders, just all this stuff, these vitamins, these, these life enhancing things. And I, it was just the weirdest situation to be like, I see a person who's basically killing themselves. And I also see a person who's saving themselves. And I was like, the word is hope. Mm-hmm. Like Brian had so much hope. He was a homeless, a person living in homelessness for a very long time in, in Boulder. And I remember he used to always talk to me about how he was an Eagle Scout. And so that was the background of his whole painting was the Eagle, or the Boy Scout manual. And he used to always joke with me that being an Eagle scout was super helpful for being a homeless person. I mean, like he thought that was hilarious that he like learned how to make fires and stuff as an Eagle scout. But he, he even talked about the absolute worst of circumstances with so much hope Mm -hmm. and humor. And, um, so, you know, it's heavy. Um, and we put those, but we put those two pieces together in the art show. So help and hope, I almost see them as like a cycle. You know, like we need to help each other and we need to help ourselves and we need to have hope that things are going to get better. And we need to hold hope for people who don't believe that, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's just so powerful that story and how this all came together and you were in this space of, you know, I remember just sort of questioning and, you know, having trouble coaching because you just had lost somebody very close to you that you had spent so much time coaching and it was hard. And for you to be able to find this outlet Mm -hmm. in this artistic expression of that grief. And you have had such an interesting and really outrageous life story and experience and so much of your art and work and mission and witchiness and intuition has come out of these really horrific and heavy experiences, starting with girls fight back, you know, which was such a long time ago. And Erin started this after her good friend, Shannon had, um, been murdered. And you started this incredible organization that you went on to, I mean, teach and talk and lecture. And now here you are coaching and teaching at Facebook and Google and NFL, and you're still preaching from that same space of just helping people 
share their authentic, their authentic gifts with the world in this way of expression through speech. And I think this expression through art is just like this other very cool modality. And what I love about this story and what I love about you is you really inspired me to bring all of my life into the work and into my process and into my flow. And so the way that you just described this, like you have done the dig for, you know, hundreds of people. It's totally crazy watching you do it. And she knows your word just by looking at you. So if you, if she, if you, she like, yeah, it's, if, if, if you think it's going to take her a full two hours to know your word, I mean, that is just full of shit. Uh, she's this Oracle that just sees your word, like regardless of if it's in a business setting or if it's in your brother's apartment, you know, and you just have this way of viewing the world in this way, which feels super, super healing, but also to be able to bring that into the show and into what you're creating and even share it on this podcast, like the level of authenticity is just beyond, you know, you just go there, you just say it and you just give the permission for other people to do the same. And I think even just by sharing that story, you know, with me, I've been grieving a lot from my miscarriage this year and just the writing and the art and the rest, actually my latest form of expression is rest. Mm. And that has come from this grief and has come from these experiences. And then actually like bringing them all the way around into this like art show to me is just like stepping into your, you know, authenticness. Yeah. In an, in an incredible way. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say that on this word authentic, I, I kind of feel like some people hear that and they're like, oh, you know, almost yeah. like it's let's a, unpack that. Let's unpack it because my view on authenticity is that authenticity is the expression of what's real. And I treat this as a very practical thing. This is not like a big kumbaya exercise. The reason I see that as, as a very practical thing is because if you try to build a life or a career or spread a message that doesn't feel a hundred percent like a fuck yeah for you, you are not going to succeed in a way that feels good for you. You might have external validation or whatever, but you're not going to feel that deep resolve and alignment with what you're supposed to be doing or saying. And that to me is a fail. So for me, I approach the art of being authentic is simply from a practical standpoint, the only way that you can feel great about your life. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Mic drop. I mean, and that's why, yeah, I mean, and I appreciate you sort of defining it in that way. And for me too, like, it's not a buzzword. It's a way of being and it's a way of existing in the world that I actually am like, uh, what's the word like repelled Mm -hmm. by the lack of authenticity in certain spaces to the point where I can't even like contribute, like surface level conversations or like platitudes or things like that. I just find really boring. And when we get to have these types of conversations, like you can feel wherever you're sitting, listening to this, the energy in Aaron's voice and how she's speaking, like 
this is real. This is real stuff. This is how she views the world. And this is like how you put meaning to life Mm -hmm. and to be able to share that process through the dig with others, I think is pretty incredible because there's a lot of things that I feel from witnessing you with the art. And I've been working with a witch recently, who's like a real life witch, and she expresses herself out there as a witch. So my work is business and marketing. And I'm doing air quotes right now because I'm literally channeling the spirit of your business, but I have not presented or expressed the work in that way. And yet I'm all about authenticity and bringing more of yourself to the work and learning to get really good at who you are. And that's what you're so good at is like, you're so good at being Aaron Weed. Right. And so that's what makes you so like, for me, like nobody else can do that because nobody else is Aaron weed. So it immediately just like cuts out all the competition because you've learned how to be really good at being yourself. And when you can do that, then there is no, like no one can be you. So you've just leaned into that in such an incredible way. And for me, I've sort of been calling myself out a little bit. And before we started recording, I was like, I've been having this realization and it's that I want to drop the word marketing. Oh yeah. Okay. It's boring to me and it's just a little sliver of what I do. Mm. And it's watching you like almost up level the dig company and what you're creating. And we're going to talk about Aaron's free training that you guys can join. Cause I'm sure everyone's like, I need to watch her do this dig right now. Don't worry. You can. Um, but that's allowed me to like almost evolve what I'm already doing because this art that you're doing with the dig, this process of the sticky notes on the wall, like you said, you've been doing this for 10 years. It's just, you decided to express it in this new way, but it's already what you've been doing, right? You've already seen their words and their system and their story. And, and it's always been art in your head. And so for me, I'm like, okay, I need to drop the word marketing because authentic audience is a marketing company, but I, Krista Ritma am a witch. (laughs) And I see you like having an art show and I see my witch Kiki, like owning the fact that they're a witch. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like still playing small. Mm. And not taking off that mask or that armor or that safe identity that is marketing because it's safe. And so that's what I want to talk to you about. And honestly, just ask your advice, like real time, how that resonates with you, because this is a very normal Krista Aaron type of thing. She's like, well, I don't know if I want to use the word speaker coach. And I'm like, well, why? Right. And we really like bog ourselves down in these like expressions of how we, how we communicate what we do. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be fun to just like real time, have you coach me and just sort of unpack for me, you know, how I can potentially bring more of my, you know, how, what your thoughts are on mm-hmm. this. And yeah. for somebody that's maybe realizing that they're not bringing all of themselves or that they want to bring more of that and how you start to sort of peel away those masks and mm-hmm. how you would, you know, suggest maybe starting to do that. Yeah. Well, first I'll just say that the way I coach or whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> is <laughs> we still, it's so funny. But I actually, not. what? 
Because it's like the, using the word coach, like even you just said, or whatever you want to call it. Cause it's yeah. like, yeah, anyway. Who cares, right? Yeah, it's like exactly. Um, so the but the way that I like to work with people is I don't give a shit about what's worked for other people. I don't care about expectations. I don't even care about words. Like I don't have any charge if you use marketing or you don't use marketing. Right. All I care about is why. Why are you at this place in your life through the lens of Dharma, since I know your story and I know how you operate, what is being violated in your Dharma by marketing somehow being attached to you? Yeah. I mean, I think when I realized this is so funny because you're like, I don't care what other people are doing, but I recently had somebody reach out to me and she's like, oh, I follow these other marketers. And they were saying something like this. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I actually don't follow any, like, can you send me your favorite three? So this is how this happened. Mm. And I looked at their accounts and I'm like, man, this isn't what I'm doing. And so if somebody were to meet me, and I think this is the sticky, this is the part where with these words or these identities or these labels that we get hung up on as like, you know, how we express what we do. I don't like for them to be like, oh, she's in marketing. That is an important, crucial part of what we do. It's just like an arm Mm -hmm. of our business, but it's actually really missing out on the full potential of like what I could offer you and the support that I could provide on a holistic level. And you know who actually made me, okay, so it was my witch just being like super inspired by how they put themselves out into the world and like fully own the witchiness, like spells, you know, like just badass your art show, because I'm like, holy shit, this is like a massive, just like up-leveling of the evolution of Aaron weed and the dig. Because again, I'm talking and channeling the spirit of your business, which is the dig company. And so I'm seeing this as like this massive opening for where your business is wanting to go. And I'm like here for it. Okay. So there's that. Then Stacy. So Stacy is my other mentor. Who's very rational, not woo woo, <laughs> very business. Right. So Aaron's like my witchy Oracle and Stacy is the one that tells me like not to rage email <laughs> and like how to, <laughs> how to have like rational conversations with my team, you know, just like that more practical. And she recently had a baby on the Lionsgate portal on 8-8 at 8.08 PM. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) I have chills when I say this. So I'm texting her like, oh my God, double fire, da, 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 like full witch mode, which she has never gone from me ever because I'm very business and I'm learning from her. And the way that I support her is straight marketing strategy, right? And then she goes, I want more of that from you. Mm. And I'm like, man, there's this whole side of me that I'm actually like doing a disservice to that is there because I have all of this knowledge about 
you know, from astrology to spirituality to, you know, Reiki and these different practices and modalities and ways of energetically experiencing the world around me, ultimately like paths to love and God. Right. And she was like, that was so cool. I want to learn more of that from you. And I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) Right? Like, why am I having, and you've always said my business here, my, you know, my job here is a spiritual witchy one and I'm masking it with marketing. Mm -hmm. And so marketing is so amazing and just a small piece I feel of what I do. And so it feels like it's keeping me it's like limiting me in some ways to reaching the people that I could really help. So I see marketing for you is an expression. Hmm. It is an expression of, of your magic, Hmm. right? It's just an expression. So this looping back to this conversation around when it becomes our identity, it becomes problematic. Right. And that's exactly what's happening. Right. So can you just be Krista who owns a marketing company who uses marketing as an expression. But what you really do is that you help people claim their Dharma. Mm. And I, I know that word in spiritual communities can be sometimes misconstrued as well, but the way that I witness you holding the word Dharma is that you have a powerful um, call to you. Like for the people that you meet, you want them to rise and claim why they are, you know, I can see see their potential, their Dharma. And that's the team I'm on. I'm actually like not on your team, Aaron weed. I'm on like the dig authentic, like Austin, like that energy is where I am connecting to, which is why, like, you know, if imposter syndrome and some of these other things are coming up with so many of my clients. I'm like, this is so boring because you have so much work to like, you are so gifted and I can see it all. And so to be able to see somebody's like energetic sort of, uh, trajectory in such a like dharmic way is like, this is what they're supposed to be doing here. And it's like my responsibility to help them get there. And And yeah, it's just beyond marketing. And so, yeah. Yeah. So it's an expression. It's an expression. It's an expression. And listen, I feel you because I have a lot of people who come to me for TED Talks. Yeah. I have given a TEDx talk. I have worked on like a hundred TEDx talks and TED Talks for people. I love What's your it. favorite TED Talk? My favorite ever. I mean, I'm so, I loved Austin's. Yeah. I love well, Elizabeth Gilbert's. That's a, yeah. The creative genius. Oh my gosh. I just watched like, that one. Okay. I'm going to link both every of day. those. Yeah. Elizabeth um, Gilbert, creative genius and, and Austin's, um, what's his called? Um, it was called, um, it's about the emotional pain and how we have to heal emotional pain. I'm not sure the exact title, but yeah. also Ash Beckham's coming out of your closet. Yes. I mean, she was one of my first, she was one of my first clients ever and her dig word is freedom. And you don't necessarily need to use the word in your Ted talk, right? Like she doesn't ever say the word freedom, but she gives people a sense a frequency, a feeling of freedom as they listen to that talk. And so, um, I have been resistant in claiming titles. Like I am a TEDx speaker coach, even though I'm that's it's probably literally what you do. <laughs> it's the best, but here's the thing. It's the, it's one of the areas, one of the expressions that I am the most refined and experienced at. But 
where I get into trouble is when I start to call myself a TEDx speaker coach because it, I cringe at it. It feels limiting. I feel it like, well, I want to do art. Limiting. That's what it is. It mm-hmm. feels limiting. And to realize the like endless potential of being all of the things. And I think that's really what you have done for me recently, because there's always an evolution. Like if you've listened to this podcast before, I name drop Aaron weed, like all the time <laughs> obsessed with Aaron weed. We all know this. And you were a part of our latest ev- evolution mm-hmm. at authentic audience. And I remember even recently I was like, Hey, we were talking about how it's going. And I was like, Oh, Hey, this, this, and this. And you're like, Oh, well let's evolve. And it was like, Oh, right. Like we keep going, like, just because these are our new pillars and our new offerings and our new expressions of the work, it's already not res, you know, like you have to sort of keep, keep evolving and not get stuck in, okay, I'm a marketing expert now and that's comfortable. And that's how people see me, but it's not allowing me to like fully express, um, in the way that I want to, because now that feels limiting when maybe three years ago that felt big and now it's feeling limiting and how we sort of like do that dance as people, because I think this can go beyond, um, bit like beyond career. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like how we are and how we exist and people see us a certain way. And even for me, when I stopped drinking, Mm -hmm. felt like this really crazy identity shift that I like didn't experience or Mm -hmm. didn't expect. And actually there's a word for it. And I Mm -hmm. listened to it on a podcast because I felt that I was no longer a part of the crowd that drank but I'm not a part of the AA community and I'm not a part of the sober community because I smoke weed and I microdose and all this other stuff. So I'm like flailing for identity. Mm. And then I was listening to a podcast and this has nothing to do with my career. This is just like, well, you know, I'm not sober. I'm not drinking. I'm not sober curious. I really just decided one day to stop drinking, not about not, I wasn't even really drinking that much when I stopped, but I just made this conscious decision and it's called California sober. (laughs) And it's for people of the earth, like myself that are only using THC and psilocybin and that's it. And I'm all of a sudden like, Oh, that's me. And I feel like I belong. So it's this funny thing that happens Mm -hmm. with identity and like, Yeah. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I just find that that to be such a sticky point for the human experience. Yeah. Well, what I love about that story you just shared was just that moment of resonance where you're like, Oh, you know, all of a sudden the brain can shut off. You can just like own that piece of it. And, and that's what I'm always looking for. When I, when I work with anyone in any capacity, I'm looking for the moment, maybe they start to rant or they get upset or just they simplify something and in such a non-negotiable statement sort of way. I'm like, yes, right there. That was like full body resolve resonance of ah, like, I'm sure everybody who's listening can probably recall a moment in their life where some truth bomb comes either internal or external, something happens and you're like, okay, it can be, and it could be the, like the worst thing ever that, that like I've, I've been married before I had a moment where I realized this is not who I'm supposed to be married to Mm. that. And with two tiny kids, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, like 
That is the most inconvenient truth <laughs> that a person can come to. And I felt such a full body relief yeah. that it was just truth. Mm. It was just truth. And there's a relief in that and the resonance and the body relaxes and the face relaxes. And it's the most beautiful thing to watch that, uh, have, uh, watch a person have that, Yeah, you know, because there yeah. might be a hard road ahead, but on the other side of the, the hard part, it's just freedom. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it already feels liberating just saying it out loud. Right. And I think that that's something that you've really helped me with as my mentor is just saying it out loud. Like you said, well, where does it feel like inauthentic or where in that are you holding yourself back and just be able to say it feels limiting, like, and just say, I don't want to be married to this guy or, you know, I like whatever it is. And I think holding each other to that truth, especially like bringing it back to who we are presenting ourselves to be in the world. Right. Like, I feel like I do a fairly good job of presenting an authentic version of myself on social media. And, and, you know, me personally, very, very well. And there's still so much, I think to the piece that I want to share or that I want to talk to is when you are feeling that transition or you are feeling something brewing, um, or that thing coming when, at what point do you express it? Or at what point do mm -hmm. you share with your clients? Because for me, I oftentimes feel a little bit, uh, inauthentic if I'm like having this experience, but not expressing it. But there's also for me, this boundary, someone was recently spent time here with me and was like, man, I thought that you posted so much on social, but actually after spending time with you, I realized how much you don't share because she was here at my house for a few days. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it's really intentional what you're putting out there, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, like this part of my life is so sacred. Like, for example, I've never showed my whole yard. Hmm. I've shared parts of my yard, but my yard is a portal for me of healing. I heal deeply from my miscarriage out there. I mean, it is where I heal. And so to share like the whole, like I have this like really beautiful backyard that has like this path and like, it would be a great video, right. Mm -hmm. To take people through it. But instead I share parts of it, um, or sections or corners, but nobody actually can see the whole thing or knows what it really looks like. And that feels really sacred to me. So that's just one example. But when I'm having this internal experience of like, I don't know if I want to call myself a marketer anymore, like at what point do you help people start to move into like the expressing of it? Because I think there's a lot of expressing going on mm -hmm. and maybe not all of it is as intentional as it could be, or yeah, I don't know, just anything around that that feels important to share. Mm -hmm. Well, I do honor the divine timing mm. of when a message wants to be shared. I also honor the need for incubation. Mm. And I don't have any rules about how long people's incubation period between the moment truth is realized and the moment truth is expressed. For some people, this might be instantaneous. For other people, this might be an hour, a week, a year, a decade, a lifetime. Who am I to say, you know, when, when is the right time? But 
I do find that people find me when the message is getting ready. Mm. And I trust that. It's like, I just had the biggest epiphany. You know how I'm serving the spirit of the business. You're like serving the message. So it's almost like the message finds you. The person doesn't, but like the message is Mm. ready. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I almost, when I work with people, I almost feel like I'm working with two different energies. I have the messenger, the person who has this life path where they're here to learn and teach. And then I have the message itself, which if we're to maybe post that, uh, that Elizabeth Gilbert TEDx talk, because she talks a lot about just the creative spirit that comes through the creative and in that they're dancing together. They're working together. You can shut the door on it. It'll go away. It'll find someone else. Oh, I yeah. really believe it's like its own entity. So yeah. I do love holding both. And I love like reuniting people with it, you know, yeah. and um, it's just very beautiful. It's, it's almost like this energy of like, oh, hello there. Like, like you're, you're meeting an old friend, you, you know, it, it knows you. And then maybe the timing lines up where you can actually make some beautiful outcome together. You uh, know? Totally. I mean, I just feel that so deeply because that is how I feel when I'm working with, for example, you, and then the business energy of you, Mm -hmm. and that you have been chosen to be the messenger and to be the voice and to look and sound and act the way you do, because that's what is needed for this business and for this energy to come through. And I just feel that on such a deep level. And I'm just so happy to have that sort of like realization. I love talking to you. I also verbally process as many air signs do. So (laughs) it's fun having these realizations like live time. And I'm sure other people as well are like, oh, that's what I'm working with. Like, and I think when we can really be fully transparent in the energies that are at play here when you're as intuitive and sensitive and just aware of the other realms and the other veils and just everything that's happening at once to be able to connect to that specific energy is like your gift. Mm. And for me to be able, which is why, you know, somebody's word in two seconds of meeting them. I remember you looked at Emery and Emery's a regular guest on here. So everyone will be really excited about this, but we were just sitting there. I was like, well, what do you think Emery's word is? And you just looked at her and we're like sacred. And it was like, <laughs> my, yeah. like, of course that's her fucking word. And she has taken that moment and run with it. Like She brings it into her, like when you can learn your word. And again, I think that this is such a great sort of like, like, like full loop is that it really is a mantra. It's like a guiding light. It's not meant to limit you. It's not meant to even identity you in any way. Like, I don't feel an identity to Dharma. I feel a relationship with it. And I think that's like, you just described what you're really helping people do. And when you can unearth this, it's like, you're telling people what they already know and the best coaches and the best psychics. Mm -hmm. So let's get witchy. They tell you what you already know. Mm -hmm. They reiterate, they bring to light, they mirror you in what you already know to be true. And then to hear, oh my God, Dharma is my word. It's exactly what you said. It's a truth bomb. It's an exhale and a full fuck. Yes. In my whole body. When you said that was my word, I was like, duh, 
right? Like, of course that's my fucking word, but I would have never gotten there because you're connected with that energy and you were able to like introduce me. Mm. Oh, hi, here's your word. Here's Krista. Have a nice life. And it's been epic (laughs) ever since. And so I'm just so excited for the dig company and the fact that more people are going to be able to experience this with you, because whether you've you know, been in an auditorium, you're such a good public speaker. And that's another reason why you're a vision holder for me, because I like to actually distill why people are vision holders for me. And so I talk about vision holders a lot. So I want to say the reason why Erin is a vision holder is because she walks her talk. She's incredibly authentic and she's a really great public speaker and a really great mom. So these are all things that I want to embody. And so watching Aaron embody them allows me to, you know, see where I want to go, like touch and, and feel and connect to that energy of where I want to be. So anyway, if you've ever seen her on a stage, I mean, you already know, but before we go into rapid fire questions, cause I just have a few, I would love for you to share what's up with the dig right now. If somebody's listening and they're like, I need to know more, I'm obsessed because that's what happened when I met Aaron. Um, what's the best way to just like jump into your world and start connecting with you and the dig community, which is like incredible. Yeah. So the main thing is I do private sessions. So the dig is a one-on-one situation. We meet for three hours and then within a week we meet for a one hour follow-up. So four hours total, we'll get to your whole life story, operating system, dig word. And I write up a full report and, um, yeah, so that's, that's the main way to work with us. And then after the dig, we are just now launching the dig collective. And this is basically um, a, a program that is for people who've done the dig, who want to integrate their results into their life, into their work and into their message. So I am ridiculously excited about that because we have hundreds of people all over the world who've done this work and they need to know each other. So for uh, sure, when I meet somebody that's been dug by you, I'm like, what's your word? You know, like it's this, like, it's this, uh, language that we get Mm -hmm. to speak and, and it, and it's so beautiful to meet people Mm -hmm. in that way through their word through their work. And I'm really excited because I want to actually, part of the, the dig collective is actually grouping people by their words. So I'm excited to get like a bunch of grow people in a, in a room and get a bunch of love people in the room, all the freedom people, they'll just blow up the room. You know, like I, I just, I'm curious about it. I feel like I'm learning on this whole journey. Like this process came through me. I don't know where it came from. It just made so much sense to me. And, um, and the final thing in next year, actually in 2022, we're going to be, I'm going to be training dig facilitators. So it's, uh, if it's a process that resonates with somebody, they have to do it themselves first, but then they can become a facilitator and apply this to whatever work they're in. I, I mean, your graphic designer, dig your people first. You will, your job will be so much easier. Your marketer, dig your people first. I mean, just, I just feel like it's a great first step for everybody hundred percent. And you also have a free training right now on the site. I do. So you you go can to go to Aaron.com yeah, Aaron or the dig.com Aaron or the dig.com. And you can jump right into her free training. You're also one of my favorite email lists to be on. She doesn't, she doesn't email as much as I would like her to, <laughs> but when she does, it's incredible. 
incredibly valuable, profound, and thought-provoking and always exactly what I want to hear. So she's got a lot of good stuff and I just recommend being in her world. And if what I do is in resonance with you, then what Erin does is going to be because she's the one pulling the strings. No, but I I deeply rely heavily on Erin's just expertise and wise, intuitive uh, oracle side that I can ask her questions. She's just like, here's what I'm hearing. And I'm like, that's exactly right. So it's just a beautiful friendship. And I'm just so grateful to have you and to be able to share you and this conversation live time, because it's just like, not light, you know, and But just because it's not light doesn't mean it has to be dark. There's just like a passion and an intensity and a flow that comes from living your dharma. Mm -hmm. And you're doing it. I'm doing it. And I even talked to uh, Tonya, Tanya, who was my last podcast guest. She has this incredible mushroom company and she's just obsessed with the, the fungi kingdom. And you can see it in people, Mm. you know, when they are just in flow doing what they're supposed to be. She got the first psychedelic, um, mushrooms as medicine billboard in times square three weeks ago. Like she is making like massive, like waves in her industry. And it's just so cool when you can connect with people that are doing the same thing and how unique and how abstract the dig experience is for it to now be such a like almost um, structured Mm -hmm. experience for people. Like you going back to Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, in the book, big magic, she talks a lot about these ideas that come through and, and you listened and you partnered with it. Right. And so now it's become this whole thing. And so if you like have a calling or, you know, if you have an idea or something that you've just been sitting with and are like, man, I really want to do this what is your advice or prayer for people that are really feeling that, you know, new expression that's wanting to come through? Mm, Yeah. Well, um, I do the dig. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's if I met them, that's what would basically happen. (laughs) But in general, if you find the thing above the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I have this book that I'm thinking about writing. Well, why? What's the thing above the thing? Like in your case, I'm thinking about getting rid of this marketing thing for my identity. Cool. Why? Well, probably on some level, it was in, it's violating your dharma to attach yourself too closely with that because you have other expressions. Okay, cool. You know? So like, I think sometimes as human beings, we just get stuck in the more tactical, like, you know, the, just the things we can do on the web or the things we can build. But it's just like, let's take a step higher. Like let's, let's go into the clouds a little bit, not in the sense where we're going to like, you know, float off to dreamland, but let's go into the clouds. Let's rise out of it. You know, I, my favorite animal is a hawk Mm. and I live in a place that has hawks for days. And I'm like the mother of raptors because I walk around my neighborhood and I talk to these hawks. (laughs) And I think one of the reasons I love them so much is because of their perspective. They are looking down here. Now a mouse is scrounging around on the grass, like nothing against mice, but it's a different perspective. They're in the grasses. They're in the dirts. They're not seeing the whole picture. And so I guess I would answer that question by just inviting hawk energy into whatever might be vexing you. 
I mean, and this is why. Erin, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Couple of rapid fire questions really quick, just because I want to soak all the wisdom I can. Um, what are you reading right now? What am I reading right or now? Or what book, what's the last great book you would read or want to recommend? Um, right now I'm reading Pamela Slim's Body of Work. She's a coach that I have hired to help me claim the body of work of the dig. And I just think she is amazing. Hmm. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Who's inspiring you right now? I would say, who do you love following on socials? But I feel like you're like, not super followy. <laughs> you're not a big oh, follower of socials. I so just... <laughs> like, uh, I, I did say, I'm, uh, you know, you did share your Ted talks, but I don't know, a vision holder for you, somebody that if they put out a new book or write an article, you're like excited to read it. Um, I love Banksy. Mm, the yeah, artist, the street would. artist, who the hell is this guy or gal? I don't know. <laughs> you know, they show up, they create whatever the hell they want because they don't have all the pressure of anybody knowing who they are. How cool is that? And then they do this incredible artwork. And then sometimes they just have it spontaneously shred at an <laughs> auction house just because that would be cool. Oh, and now it's worth more, you know? Like, I just think that's awesome. I, I love Banksy I, and really artists in general. Most of my Instagram, like how you say you don't follow marketers. I don't follow people like in communications like me. I follow artists, muralists, the bigger, the better. Um, there's a man named Greg Deal who's coached me. He's a Native American muralist, is doing epic things. Um, I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that's expanding. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And lastly, um, for anybody that has the honor of going through the dig, what is your prayer for them? Oh, for re my... that reads your book that joins your webinar. Maybe they don't even get to do the full dig with you, but just who touches your world, you know, like, what do you want to, what do you want to say to them? Oh, I, I, my prayer for them is that they have the sigh when they remember who they are. Uh, that's what you like, do. That's, what that's you it. Do. They remember. And they have the vigor on the other side of that remembering to go do something epic with it, to change some lives, you know, just a few, you know, it's really, it's really incredible. It's really incredible. Um, that exhale mm. that comes from remembering. I was at a retreat once and it was pretty woo woo. We find ourselves in these, you know, whatever circles and everyone was going around talking about their like intention for the retreat or whatever. And it was like, I want to like talk to my spirit guides about whatever, or like, I want to get better at meditation. And they were all like there. It was just very like interesting. And then I just sat there and I was like, I'm here to remember. Hmm. You know, and that's, that's what the practice is. That's what the work we do is. It's like really just guiding you to remembrance and how you can use your gifts to guide people into remembrance is just witnessing someone witness themselves. There's like no greater feeling than that. So yeah. thank you for the work that you do. You're welcome. I think that's why I called the dig. So we're not creating anything new. It's already in there. We're digging like, it up. Shovel. Let's get the gold out. I'll, I'll pick up the little nuggets of gold and I'll show them to you. And you'll be like, ah, oh, sigh. <laughs> there they are. That's my shiny part. You know, like, yeah, let's go share it. Like, <laughs> I think that's the, 
<laughs> if my nine-year-old daughter was to explain what I do, she'd probably yeah. say something to that degree. I mean, your nine-year-old daughter, don't get me started. Your kids are like some of the coolest people out there. I mean, that's for another whole conversation yeah. is motherhood and mm. the entrepreneurial journey, but yeah. thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You're the best. I can't wait. We're going to hang out soon. Yes. Can't wait to hug you. And for everyone listening, AaronWeed.com, you're welcome. Um, thank you guys for being on this journey with me and just being a part of, you know, the Dharma of it all. So it's been real. And until next time, keep growing. Bye.